This is a test. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting system. This is only a test. Of all these opinions, this is the one that continues to blindside me, dumbfound me, gobsmack me, thunderstruck Just me. blasphemy. Absolute blasphemy. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay calm! This is the Overreaction Podcast. I am Chase. With me as always, my man Cody, and we got week one of the NFL slate in the books. Yeah, it was a it was a wild week one. We've got, you know, the highs and the lows already. The injuries are coming out. Teams that shouldn't be winning or winning games, teams that we thought were going to be in contention are getting blown out 40 to 0. I mean, it, this is the NFL. This is what it's all about. It's a volatile game, and we saw everything in week 1. All the way from the starting game, the Lions beat the Chiefs in the opener. Obviously, they didn't have Chris Jones, they didn't have Travis Kelsey, and I bet both of those guys are back for week two. And then, unfortunately, you know, we're riding so much of this high. You sit through 12 hours of football on a Sunday. We've got the college games on Saturday as well. And then we get to Monday Night Football and four plays in. Aaron Rodgers with what looks like it's going to be a ruptured Achilles just kind of put a damper on almost the whole weekend for me. We're recording a couple hours after that just happened, and it feels like so much of what we thought this team was going to be, the expectations for what they could be in 2023, watching them all the way through hard knocks and just to have it almost be over before it even really got started. It's just unfortunate, man. Yeah, it's it's a huge downer to the day. I mean, obviously, I, w- I want to bring up the the highlight for sure, which was Xavier Gibson, who who actually re- you know barely made the team in the first place. They had a really cool moment on Hard Knocks where where they actually kind of messed with him about not you know how the odds were against them, and he may not make the actual team. And then they let him know he's in and he's on, and they ended up and wrap up that conversation where with him he's going to do great things for for this team that they have you know special plans for him week one returns a punt for a touchdown to win the game in overtime so you know that's the highlight to to kind of go through the low light of what Aaron Rodgers was um, so let's start there let's start with Aaron Rodgers we're assuming ruptured Achilles uh, that's based on the, the video that we've seen from from uh from Jeff Mueller if you check him out on Twitter, he has an incredible breakdown of all the injuries that are going on. And if you stay tuned to the Destination Debbie radio feed, he does do a show every single week here on Destination Debbie radio. So do check that out for all of your injury news. He'll have a full breakdown. But with a ruptured Achilles, 39 turning 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers, is this it for him? It easily could be, man. Uh, we we see that 22-year-old running backs sometimes don't come back from a ruptured Achilles, or even if they do, it takes three years. You know, Cam Akers had the magical, what, six-month or eight-month recovery and somehow came back to play in the same season, but that's just, it's been the it's been the one outlier. We haven't really seen that from anybody else, and then you put the age onto it as well. Who knows how his body is going to be able to recover? Obviously, he takes it very seriously and takes his body health very seriously, but whatever you're that old and you have that significant and devastating of an injury, I, I think there's just a lot of unknown. Obviously, if that is the case, I don't think we're getting a Cam Akers season and he did his in the preseason. He's done for this year. Like a year, your 2023 is out and you're hoping that he can take the field in 2024. And, you know, we, we have another one as well. We have another Achilles to talk about later, but just 
I, I don't know what what are you doing as we as we sit here and say like he's now going to be on your IR for the rest of the year. Do you think he ever plays football again? Is even a question that you have to ask yourself at this point. I mean, I feel like for those teams that have Aaron Rodgers, you probably assumed you were a contender, and if you were a contender, you wanted those points. So yeah, obviously, if I have him, I would look to to pivot if I could. But most likely, no one's wanting to buy him. You know, no one wants to take on that risk because he is a win now piece. He at best he has what one year, maybe, maybe two if yeah. if he wants to play that long. He's yeah. talked about playing three more years, uh, like this year and then into 25 would probably be the last year. But now you're saying like 24, you have a recovery. Like you're probably coming off of pup almost at this point to get back in like week five, week six next year. I mean, it's it's brutal comeback. I, I hope that he does come back. I hope this isn't the last we see of Aaron Rodgers. And I, I think he will try to come back at this point. But even if he does, what's the realistic expectation here? And then you've got the unknown of what Zach Wilson can do over the rest of this year. They've already had talks about bringing in Matt Ryan to be the backup as well. Um, I don't I don't know about that whole strategy plan going forward, but. You know, it's it is an interesting thing. Like, what is what is the Aaron Rodgers pivot look like at this point? If you're even able to do anything with him, I mean, realistically, like if I have him on my team and I have an IR spot, I'm going to stash him. I feel like I have to stash him. I just don't think you're going to get any sort of return that's going to be worthwhile. Like, do you trade? I know Scott was doing a bunch of Twitter polls tonight, and it's like Zach Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. Like, do you trade if you can? Like, do you even trade Aaron Rodgers for Zach Wilson? Like Zach Wilson, all, all every day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you take you take what's starting right now in front of you. Um, he Zach Wilson has gone from like borderline rosterable and a cut candidate. I've cut him in a couple of leagues, and now Same. he's right back into a mid, you know, back end two starter at this point. So he's going to be worth a second round pick immediately if you held on to him through the cutdowns and and everything that you've we've gotten at this point so yeah i mean obviously in my opinion you have to take a zach wilson if you got that uh what, what do you think in terms of like a pick do you think like if you can cash out for 24 or 25 second i think i do that immediately as well because you're, yeah. you're not getting any you're never getting a first anyway so a 25 a second you're, he's gone right absolutely if you can get a second uh, call it call it quits just just get out i mean Best case scenario, you can buy back into to Aaron Rodgers when that time comes, and otherwise you at least have a liquid asset that you can use to maneuver throughout your your season. Um, hopefully, you weren't relying on Aaron Rodgers to be a QB one for your team. Uh, maybe QB three would be an ideal situation, QB two ish. But yeah, I, I would just take that second run. Um, if you're not getting a second, if you're only getting thirds and fab type of offers, what are you doing? Thirds, I. I have a hard time selling any quarterback for a third, but man, at, at this point, like, what is the what is the realistic comeback look like? Um, can, can I get like a two two thirds? I think about single third. Man, like, what is the replacement value of a single third for a quarterback? Even if it <laughs> even if it is, but like, uh, honestly, we're kind of looking at almost like the same trajectory of like a Trey Lance of ever making another start in the NFL. Like, there's almost the same yeah. possibility there. And with Dak's injury history, like you, Trey Lance probably starts the game before Aaron Rodgers ever does here in the next year and a half. So, honestly, I mean, if 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 that's what it takes, and you don't have any other pivots, and you've explored everything, taking thirds, I honestly don't think it's the worst thing it's brutal as it sounds to say 
Yeah, and this is all again uh, assuming a ruptured Achilles. Like it looked like it on video. It sounds like it based on what the organization has said so far. But as of you know eleven o'clock my time Pacific time at night, um, there is not any news of an official like ruptured Achilles. So again, wait for the news before you make any wholesale changes on your Aaron Rodgers. But that's kind of the 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 plan you got to have in place you have to know i mean don't, don't be afraid to shop go send out those offers though go start like at least shopping those things and seeing what what people might be interested um, if anyone is in your league because most likely you're going to be hitting brick walls uh, most people just gonna, are going to have no interest in someone that's not going to play and then the fact that he's going to be 40 yeah like that's going to be a tough sell for some people so you may have to to hold him. I guess that's that's the thing. Like, if you have to hold him, throw stash him on IR. Um, if you're in a best ball league and you have no IR spots, are you cutting Aaron Rodgers? If it's a shallow enough league, like we were talking about this before the show, we were talking about like our 25 man roster best ball league. He, he can't, he yeah. cannot stay on that roster if you don't have an IR spot. Um, you, you just can't roster him in a format that shallow. Do it a break. One, one last one I want to throw your way. One yep. last one I want to throw your way. Aaron Rodgers or Joshua Dobbs? Oh, God. I, I think, I think, I think I'm going to hold Aaron Rodgers for that. I think Josh Dobbs, just because I don't think that Dobbs is going to be playing for much this season, like, unless I'm desperate for quarterback. And I need if I need a starter, sure. I think I, I would consider it. But like if I'm no, if I if I don't if I don't, I'd rather take the picks. I'd rather find if, if you're pl- if you're playing Josh Dobbs, you're probably not winning anyway, right? Yeah, you're in trouble. <laughs> you're in trouble. Uh, all right, I, but, think, I think that's enough for the for the Aaron Rodgers talk. Absolutely. Unless you got anything else. Unfortunately, we got two Achilles in one week. Uh, two Achilles injuries for. A player you were pretty high on. I I I was on board with the train as well. You were you were the conductor, and I was just like a middle train on the hype train of J.K. <laughs> Dobbins. But you were leading the charge on this one, man. I feel I feel oh, feel bad for you, and it, it feel really so bad for J.K. Dobbins as well too. Obviously, he was trying to hold out because he knows that this is a thing that can happen to him at any time. Obviously, he had no leverage, so he wasn't going to get a new deal. But he has to go back out there and on on basically his prove it year and first first half he can't even make it through that Achilles goes he already has an ACL that he's been recovering from and still had some kind of complications with at the end of last year dragging that leg and uh now now we see it Achilles in week one and what what are you doing with the J.K. Dobbins share I think this one's a little bit more clear cut than it is for Aaron Rodgers just because of the positions that they play yeah as you mentioned I was the conductor of that hype train Love, love J.K. Dobbins. I, I feel so bad for that young man. Um, I, you know the talent was there. We even saw flashes of it in that game. You know the the the, the run that he actually ruptured his Achilles on. He it was got himself inside the five yard line. Looked like he was going to go in for his second touchdown of the day. Uh, truly, truly unfortunate for him. Um, and and I hate looking at it just like as a oh he's injured now what kind of thing. But like in a way, like that's what fantasy is like. We, you got to take that kind of emotion out of it. Like this is the realistic thing of what's going on. We know his Achilles is ruptured. He's a free agent as well after the season. So like this is a wrap. Like who's going to give him a contract? I'm sending out offers and I'm shopping him anywhere I can. Can I get thirds? Can I get some sort of pick? Can I get fab? Like I am shopping him for anything I can possibly get. But realistically, man, if you can't get a pick, if you can't get some fab, if you can't find a buyer, 
you kind of got to cut J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, another situation where hopefully you have an IR, right? Um, yeah. you, you can stash him there. Uh, he's he's probably going to be one of the better IR players that you'll have all of this year. But unless you're playing one of those leagues that just has like the ridiculously deep bench for absolutely no reason and it's not a best ball league, like it's just like a 40-man lineup league where the benches are way too long anyway, sure, you can stash him there and it doesn't really affect you week to week and maybe he comes back. But again, kind of like we were saying with Rodgers, like maybe he's ready for 2024. Maybe at this point. And if he's coming back and then he's on pup and then he has to work his way back in and then he has the you know, the production dip that we see from all of these injuries, the ACL, I think is an 80, like a 20% reduction dip. The Achilles is even further than that. We've seen what can happen with some of these guys like James Robinson, where they were, you know, coming up and looked really, really good. And then he's bounced around between like four different teams now, and he's just never been able to recover. Um, the, the Cam Akers story doesn't happen for a lot of people. And even he hasn't ever really looked like his former self since that injury. I was to say we'll um, touch on him later, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, it's unfortunate for him. I mean, I, I sold him in one of our leagues for a third and Cordero Patterson. And I was, I was freaking ecstatic to get that. Um, yeah. I saw auto accept trade block go up yesterday and it was for a third and $10 in fab. And no one is bit. And so it's just, I mean, like that's, that's the market. It's the running back position with, with where we stand with the running backs in this time currently. And then his whole situation, everything about him, just no one wants to own him. I'm sure someone will pick him up off of waivers. Like you're going to drop him or you, you'll find someone that's going to actually pick him up and spend a dollar, $2 in fab. And yeah, you're like, I, I wish I would have had that fab, but the reality is like they're just wasting a roster spot. Like that's really what it comes down to is they're just wasting a spot, holding out hope for this time next year and hoping that his injury is just in a, in his, is in a good enough spot to not only be in football shape, but like a team's actually going to be interested in him. Like this is like, this is Marlon Mack esque is, is how it feels where he's a free agent and some team's going to bring him in and like, he's just going to kind of get cut and bounced around for the rest of his career. I hope I'm wrong. You, you know, you know, my JK love. And yeah. that's just kind of the feeling I have right now is very Marlon Mack-esque. But but realistically, we kind of like you were saying, like the best case scenario almost feels like two years from now, he's Deonta Foreman. Like that <laughs> almost get yeah, two years from now. He's Deonta Foreman a year ago. And that oh. that's like your best case outcome. And that's a that's a long time to wait for something that is even that productive to wait around for for two years i don't have that type of time even though it's dynasty yep take what you can get and run um hit us up if you have questions in that regard but like that's that's really where we're at with jk dobbins and and i'm so sad i just want to move on to another potentially long injury and that's going to be one deontay johnson with his we don't have an official note on this but potentially torn hamstring um Austin Eckler had a torn hamstring a few years ago and he was about about eight weeks. But like, even if it's just a severe strain, uh, Deontay Johnson's going to be missing some time. Yeah, I mean, in my mind, and I mean, carted off the field on a hamstring injury. Um, I, I don't see any way we're not without him. He probably goes on IR. Um, he probably goes on short term IR, which means f- minimum four weeks here at this point. So you're without him for the next four weeks. That's kind of the assumption that I'm playing with right now. Hopefully it's not worse than that, but going forward, um, 
this team didn't show anything against a very, very good 49ers defense in week one, but they're going to be even more hampered without him going into these next couple of games, the next couple of weeks, hopefully not more than that. But now it's it's truly, you know, the guy that we've kind of been low on the entirety of the time since he's come out last year. And it's it's George Pickens season. Show us that you're the alpha wide receiver one, George Pickens, because it's you. It is you and Calvin Austin, and Allen Robinson, because Deontay ain't going to be there. So it's t- it's your time to finally show up and be a true number one wide receiver and not just a jump ball guy. You hear that, George Pickens lovers? You hear that? Cody Smith just said this is. This is George Pickens' seasons. I, I I never thought I'd hear those words out of your mouth, and and you know I, I guess theoretically like that's probably like the, this is the best chance for George Pickens. But I if I have George Pickens, I'm selling right now, and like this might be a, a an overreaction for some people, but I'm not waiting it out to see what George Pickens can do because most likely we know what George Pickens is. He does not run the same routes that Deontay Johnson runs. He is not the same type of player. He's not all of a sudden just going to accumulate all of the targets that Deontay had. Like that's not going to happen. It's just not. And I, 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 I hate bursting people's bubbles, but like when George Pickens is going up against the number one corners on other teams, have fun, man, have fun separating. I, I actually think we're going to see a lot more Allen Robinson as gross as that sounds. We're going to, you know, tight end. I know Pat Fryermuth has his injury. We might see a little bit from him more out of the running backs. Like, I think it's going to be everything but George Pickens. Like, George Pickens might get an extra target or two, but I don't think he's all of a sudden going to be double digit target man. No, I think he probably sits in that eight to nine range. And that's, that's what he had. He had seven in the game against yeah. the 49ers. And he was actually out targeted by Allen Robinson. Like you said, during that game, <laughs> Allen Robinson with eight targets on 46 routes run. Um, yeah, I, I think this offense is actually going to look a kind of a lot the same. I think it's going to be kind of a three headed monster in the wide receiver room between Allen Robinson, George Pickens and Calvin Austin is going to be another guy who I don't think I've ever owned a single Calvin Austin share anywhere. And, Hey, best ball leagues. He's actually a guy that should be rostered pretty much everywhere. Yeah. So, um, he won't hit the waiver wire, uh, article because he's over the roster limit f- cut off for me, but Calvin Austin, those people out there, he actually should be on every best ball roster as well. But I, I mean, Hey, it's, I, 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 want to at least understand that there's the potential for George Pickens to take over the role. It exists for him to do. He still has to go out and do it though. Will will it happen? You know, I still, I still have my doubts about him, the player. I think he can move up into that like wide receipt back end wide receiver two range from where I think that he currently sits. I think he can move up into that range, but I just don't think he's going to take over as a true like alpha target hog monster in this offense. So with with the offense and what we saw, because, you know, everyone was really excited about Pittsburgh's offense in the preseason. We saw it kind of clicking on all cylinders, but it is the preseason. They were playing against preseason team, you know, defenses. Uh, You weren't seeing a lot of actual like, you know, scheming on the defensive side of the ball. And I know the 49ers are a very good team and a, a damn good defense. But that team looked bad. Like that offense did not look good at all. The line didn't look improved. Najee struggled. Like everything about the team struggled. And, and and I think it's going to be better than what we saw in week one. But now you're out your number one wide receiver. Like I just don't know how good this team is going to be. And if that's going to translate for, for George Pickens. So I guess I know you don't have any George Pickens, but if you have him, are you are you holding? Are you like, would you recommend people hold to see 
if maybe he has the you know a big pop game in week two and then try to sell are you taking advantage of the people assuming the target share increase and then trying to make a move? Like, are you doing anything at all with George Pickens? If I can get up and, you know, if I can tear up into that, like wide receiver 15 to like 18 range, then I'm probably doing that. Like, can I, can I get up into that? Obviously not after this week, but where those Calvin Ridley's, the Brandon Ayuk's were sitting beforehand. We'll talk about them a little bit later as well, but like, can I get up into that range where there's actually they're they're that higher echelon of the wide receiver two range that if I could pivot there, that's what I would do. Um, but I just don't know without seeing it beforehand with as badly as they played. I don't know if you're getting it done right now. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the struggle is finding the, the buyer that's, that's actually going to buy into that. So know your league, know, your know, the people in your league. If you have some, some big time George Pickens fans that think this is going to be it for him, uh, start, you know, exploring some trade options for, for him, for sure. I just, I just don't see it. And I feel like that that's going to be like my, my take on this whole Pickens situation is, he is what he is. He's going to have some good games. He's going to have some spectacular catches, but he's he's no he's no target monster in this offense. I just don't think that that's going to happen for him. No, I don't think so either. Anything you're doing with Deontay? Uh, the only thing that I'm potentially doing, if he does, you know, go on IR here, maybe if you're on like that rebuilding team and you've got a wide receiver to buy, you need like a wide receiver too for a rebuild next year. Is there any any hope to maybe go out there if you can buy him for less than a first? Would you go out and do that potentially? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's in the end, this is a a short term situation this is no acl achilles type of thing like yeah if i if i can go find someone that's willing to sell me some deontay absolutely if i can buy him for cheap if i can buy him for less than a first i'm down um i think that that's probably the the move i would make and and the same thing if i am a contender too if i'm looking to to try and get some you know just buy someone on the cheap yeah maybe i can get myself some deontay or, or trade away like would you trade would you trade cooper cup for deontay in like a second knowing both of their the, the situations going on there like if you aren't contending with cup if you're not contending with cup i mean yeah you're looking for Can any 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 way out no i i think i think that that's probably a right move because you're probably going to have i mean who knows if this thing flares up again for cup you don't know what the the team looks good i guess in their week 1 but he you know he's got a replacement that we'll talk about later coming in in the wings and <laughs> in a rookie so no, I I think if I think that's a perfect way to get a little bit younger. You still got a guy that has the injury risk, but you're getting the capital as well. Yeah, I think that's a perfectly fine, uh, perfectly fine. Get out of Cooper Cup, but good luck doing that with how Cooper Cup's stock has fallen ever since he's gotten the injury too. <laughs> that's fair. That's so fair. All right. So enough of the enough of the the sad injury news and kind of the pivots there. I mean, that's that's just kind of the things you have to kind of look at right now. Um, I do want to get into some of the things we saw week one and. I can't tell you how bad some of these quarterbacks looked and also how good some of them were, but like it wasn't what I was expecting. I just, I never would have anticipated coming into this week that we would have like Joe Burrow, Lamar, Josh Allen, all just crap the bed, man. Bur <laughs> Burrow and Lamar under 10 points in week one. Oh, oh my goodness. Josh Allen with the four turnovers. Like it, it's, it was, it was truly baffling. And I know that there's a lot of people making excuses and, you know, it, it's, it's, oh, they didn't play in the preseason. And then, you know, it's, it, 
they 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 didn't prepare well. Some people are saying that the borough money got to his head. I, I I don't think any of that's the case, but it seems like it's more or less a it is repetitions, right? Like I do want to see them out on the field. Are you worried about any of these, you know, Burrow, Lamar, Josh Allen types that 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 struggled in week one? Not a one of them. Not a one of those top guys. Uh, Burrow specifically, obviously no reps. He's still potentially dealing with the calf. If there's any concern, I, th- I believe that there's maybe still a little bit of lingering of the calf that some people were saying he was kind of a little bit can't be moving around and didn't have full movement within the pocket. That'd be my only concern with him, but I, I don't even really have that. The Bengals always start slow. We thought they were dead last year whenever they went like one in three or something to start off the season. And then they come back and go to the AFC championship game. Right. So I don't, I don't have any issues with any of these guys, Allen. I don't have issues for fantasy, but there's starting to be some concerns for just NFL, how good he is because he, he was saying it tonight. He was just like, same story, different day. Like, I feel like I do this every time. I just launch the ball and throw picks, and it just seems to lose our team games. And it's like, yeah, I might want to stop doing that. Uh, I don't know. But but he's still good for fantasy. Like, even with the four turnovers today, he still actually produced well for fantasy. He just lost his team the game tonight. Um, and then, then Lamar, you know, you've got the new offense. We'll see what happens there. Uh, outside of his turnovers as well, I don't think he actually had too bad of a game. Might just take a little bit of time for him to get acquainted with the new offense. I don't really have concerns about these top tier guys. If you can buy them on cheap, I'm doing it. I'll I'll throw out some I'll throw out some buy low offers. The the borough one, I'm not I don't want to say I'm, I'm concerned with. I mean the the calf issue lingering into the season. Like I, I am curious, like how long that's going to be. I know uh, Dak had a calf injury. I want to say it was a few years ago, and it, it did it caused him some problems like Burrow's longest pass last week or this week was only 12 yards. And I know that it was a rainy kind of wet game. And, and so it's like, maybe that was part of it too. You know, you have sloppy conditions, uh, you have miles Garrett, just toying with your offensive line. Like, I don't know if you saw that, that video clip of, of miles so, Garrett kind of my, dancing in front of the center. My, like miles Garrett was, was doing crossovers in oh. front of the center. And honestly, it looked like Joe Burrow was throwing basketballs as passes because they were, there was not a single spiral that Joe Burrow threw the entire day. Like he just couldn't grip a football. Yeah, man, it was wild. Like, and, and again, I, I'm going to chalk it up. I'm not really worried about Burrow, Lamar, Josh Allen's turnovers do concern me. Um, as you mentioned, for NFL purposes, like he's going to be very good for fantasy. Like this week, obviously, when you turn the ball over four times, it's going to take a hit on your fantasy points. Like I think he only had like 12 points this week. Um, but but again, you're you're taking three picks and then a fumble as well. So um, that definitely hurts your overall performance. You know, so I do want to see more ball security out of him but uh again he's not going anywhere anytime soon time to clean up those issues if you can buy these guys for cheap you go go for it but most likely what's happening is all, all of those owners are just going to be holding but there are a couple names here that i don't want to say they they're not top quarterbacks but they put up top 12 quarterback numbers last year both of these guys got contracts in the offseason and both of them struggled mightily week one. Danny Dimes, who I've been a big proponent of, I think we've both kind of been on the, the the train there where it's like, hey, like this could be, you know, with his rushing upside, he could take a step forward. Uh, didn't show up to the game. And then Geno Smith was terrified of Aaron Donald with without his two tackles. And rightfully so. That's a scary man coming at you full speed so what what are your thoughts so far like 
your instant reaction for dimes and Gino? Like, tell it's, me your thoughts. It's the question of, I mean, did the, the, the 2022 Cinderella stories turn back into pumpkins? That's kind of what we're wondering with these two. Uh, people who have or two guys who have not done well in their first years within the league and especially Gina for a long time and coming out and earning truthfully earning their contracts. I I don't think that there was any reason why these two guys shouldn't have gotten paid, but it was a rough week one. That Giants game might have been one of the worst football games I've ever watched outside of that first drive down by the Giants to get in the field goal range. And then from the block field goal on, that was probably the worst game of football I have ever seen an NFL team play. Like there's the Arizona Cardinals would have beaten the New York Giants last night or on <laughs> Sunday night. Like they, they seriously would have. So yeah, it was, it was God awful. I don't think it can ever be that bad again. Um, I don't think hardly any team could ever be that bad again, but whenever the defensive line of the Dallas Cowboys is running down your throat, every single play and there's no offensive line, your right side of the offensive line is a turnstile allowing like, nine pressures by one offensive lineman uh, it's going to be a long night hopefully they get that figured out but um, if this is if this is how it's going to be obviously they're not going to play against one of the top you know two defenses in the league every single week that's not going to happen for them so i think there's i think there's better days ahead but if these two are getting a little bit slept on i do still believe in their offenses so again um just like the top tier quarterbacks if anybody's fading them i'll buy low so looking at Danny Dimes, like for me, the big thing was obviously the, the, the way that game script, however you want to look at that, uh, did not go well from the start. Like you said, they had the very first drive that looked good, got into field goal range. And then after that, it was just all downhill. Um, I am not concerned about Daniel Jones. Maybe I should be. Um, I still think I'd, he's a guy that I'd be interested in buying because I do feel like the sentiment around the community was, okay, he got his contract. He finally looked good, but this is the flash of the pumpkin, right? Like this is the flash of like, oh crap. He just, he just reverted back to, back to the Joe judge days. Like what is happening here? And, and if there is a, a, an owner in your league that is panicking on, on Danny dimes, like he's one I'd be interested in, in trying to acquire the concern that i have for gino i know cross it sounds like uh, his le- their left tackle uh cross actually just has turf toe and i, I don't want to say just turf toe because turf toe can linger for an entire year and can be really problematic especially for offensive linemen when you're 300 plus pounds and you're you, you know you rely on your footwork to to move around that pocket like that's going to be a problem for him so i, I am genuinely concerned about that Geno Smith was 13 of 16 in the first half, had a touchdown, seemed like things were going well, and then he was, what, three for nine, I think, for the rest of the game. They had three total yards in the second half. Oh, just abysmal. So Geno's the the, the problem with Geno is, like, you can't exactly sell him. And I think that's the thing. Like, if you wanted to try and get off of your Geno shares, you had your chance this offseason when, when, uh, you know, he signed that deal. And everything seemed like it was on the up and up. Now people are concerned and people are going to want to wait. So I guess if you're, you said you would be interested in buying, like, what do you, we talk about it all the time. You can't just move around the quarterback market. Like, do you think you can give up a first and get yourself Geno Smith? Would you give up a first for Geno Smith? I think you could definitely do it um, unless it's like guaranteed to be playoff. And I might've just lost an Aaron Rodgers. Like maybe that's Mm -hmm. the scenario where you go out and do it. I'm not really too keen on, 
putting in the first on a team that's already scrambling in week one, though. Um, that's not really where I want to be playing with the contending team <laughs> is already scrambling to try to save myself. Yep. Um, I, I would be more trying to move around in that like top tier quarterback market. Like if I have the if I have the Jared Goff, if I have the Kirk Cousins, if I have the Dak Prescotts, can I get extra capital on top of them to tier back down to who a quarterback and that some people are going to be fading because of the week one in Geno Smith. That's probably the play that I'd be looking to do more so than just sending away straight capital to go out and buy him right now. Yeah. I mean, typically with the quarterback position, you can't really just rarely can you just send off picks and get it done. Um, you typically need to have a quarterback tied with that. And that's usually what we talk about too. When we talk about maneuvering around the quarterbacks there. So, you know, we did have some quarterback twos that did kind of step up, you know, little Baker Mayfield action, nice little stiff arm, you know, on the sideline there doing, doing Baker things. Love to see it. We Matt Stafford arm looked live. He looked good minus, you know, what was going on in that offense, Mac Jones, a rich, of course, I, you know, you, whether you want to call him a QB two or not, but a rich Jordan love Brock Purdy, like we saw a good chunk of QB twos step up in week one, which of those names are you all in on? Like, which ones do you believe in for the rest of the year can keep this pace up and beyond potentially? Well, obviously the one that I've been rocking with from day one is Brock Purdy. Uh, there's there's no I mean he's he's so good in that offense it, it just looked completely easy against the Seattle or against a Steelers defense that is typically a yeah. very good defense in the NFL just completely shredded them apart uh, with the Brandon Ayuk two touch like that team is just so well controlled on offense that he's going to do basically what he did last week I think he's just going to continue to keep doing that for potentially the rest of the year and he can be a high quarterback too um uh, pretty much every week the the ones that concern me baker stafford mac jones those are a little bit more iffy for me jordan love is the one that's really interesting though because with you know christian watson out and he was still performing like that and i was a bears defense that still has a long way to go to be an nfl actually like average defense they're still a dreadfully awful team um the, Jordan Love, though, is the one that intrigues me the most with players coming back that he's built around this young team. Looks really good. I I would like to actually go out and acquire some Jordan Love. So if I had to pick anybody other than the obvious of obviously, obviously Purdy, Jordan Love would be actually be the one that I'm most excited about out of this group. Yeah, I think, I mean, you, you touched on the main ones. Obviously, A. Rich, I, I don't think you're going to be able to buy him cheap. But the, the other names on there, like if you can get Purdy still, shoot your shot. Uh, I am interested in Mac Jones, though. Um, I really am interested in Mac Jones. Like he was one that we we we've all talked about this offseason where it's like, okay, finally they got himself an offensive coordinator. Let's see what Bill O'Brien can do with Mac Jones. Now that you know we don't have old pencil in the in the hat uh calling plays for him, old old Matt Patricia. Yeah, like things looked better. And and that Eagles defense is very good. Um, I know game script kind of worked out in, in the favor for Mac Jones, where it's kind of like they they were actually able to execute, which was great. Uh, but yeah, I, I I I am interested in Mac Jones as a QB too. I, f- I feel like we're seeing, you know, obviously the Aaron Rodgers injury kind of doesn't help this, but we're seeing the QB2 resurgence of what we, you normally would see. And I think that's something for another episode that we, you know, we can dive into at some point, but um, usually there's a, a good chunk of QB twos that like in that 12 to 18 or 12 to 17 range 
that aren't that far off in a fantasy points per game difference between what QB eight to QB 12 is. And I feel like we're finally seeing that stabilize. Last year, we had Stafford and Russ look off. We had injuries at the positions. Like It just was not a good year for quarterbacks. I think we're starting to see some QB2s solidify a role for fantasy purposes um, and, and really potentially have some breakouts. Like I am very interested in Jordan Love as well. I, I, do, I do think that Jordan Love runs this offense perfectly, efficiently. You get Christian Watson out there. You have you know, uh, more development from Luke Musgrave, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, like this whole offense is only going to get better if they stay healthy. So, you know, obviously Aaron, Aaron Jones looked, he looked really good until his little hammy injury. So hopefully he's going to be okay going forward. But, uh, you know, it seems like it's all short-term, you know, things to worry about. So yes, I I am interested in buying Jordan Love, but I do want to know, what are you trying to get? Like, what are you giving up to get Jordan Love? Are you tearing off of, you know, dimes and G like, can you even give up Gino? Like you might have to give up your a plus with Gino to go yeah, get yourself I'm, some Jordan Love right I'm now. I was about to ask that one of just straight up. Would you rather have Love or Gino? I think they're going to be like back to back, neck and neck right now. Um, yeah. I, I don't think there's that sep- that much separation between any of the guys. That's where like almost kind of how you can move around that like wide receiver two landscape and just yeah. kind of like in, in the just tear down within wide receiver twos in the flat range. Like there's a flat range of quarterbacks right now. And if I can just move around there and pick up any additional assets, like those are kind of the guys that I'm looking to do that with. But real quick, before we do move on, you were talking about the Mac Jones there. I just looking back through the stat log, he threw the ball 54 times. (laughs) Wild. I mean, like, I don't think that I don't think that was intentional. I really think is because, you know, they they got down. But yeah, 54 freaking times. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Mac's done that. Like even even back in college days, I don't think Mac was ever throwing the ball fifty four times around the yard. So maybe maybe a little bit of inflated numbers there for Mac, just because of game script against the Eagles yeah. that they were trying to catch back up to. But you know they're they're they'll be in they'll be in some tighter games, but they they could be throwing the ball around more. And they were out Devontae Parker, who's probably their number two wide receiver right now, or potentially even their number one with Juju Smith Schuster not looking any good out there either. Yeah, he talked about a guy that just didn't look like he wanted to be on the field. It was really kind of like really weird to see just very odd body language from from Juju. But yeah, I mean, I I am interested in Mac Jones. I do think that, uh, you know, if you can still get him, I don't think he's going to be QB two like he was this week. Um, But I still think he can have some very good games. He can be. Like, I mean, when I say QB2, I mean QB2 overall. He can be a QB2. He can be a, right. you know, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff range. I feel like he can be that uh, for this type of offense. So, anything else you want to touch on with uh, with these quarterbacks, or do you want to dive into some of the, some of our, our, our pardon the interruption uh, takes here? Yeah, we can go a little bit quicker now as we've, uh, we've gone through. But no, just, just with the QB2s, like, I think we're going to see a little bit more of a, a closer margin between these upper echelon quarterbacks that we've seen. I mean, we already saw the week one performances from all of them. I don't think any of them looked all that great or scored those massive point totals that we were seeing last year. So I think there's just going to be a little bit more closure of the gap between those upper echelon elite guys and some of these quarterback twos that we were talking about the gap just might not be as far and we might have overreacted a little bit to like pay anything to get these guys pay the quarterback and four firsts on top of it to go get yourself an upper echelon quarterback because they're the only thing that matters i think we see a little bit more parity throughout the quarterback landscape this year hopefully hopefully 
<laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, that that moves things on into some of the, the the things that we've noticed from this week that really stood out to us. And and I want to start off with let's go back to Thursday night. And we saw a very good game between the Chiefs and the Lions. You know, we saw a lot of very good things on both sides of, of the ball. Um, obviously, the Chiefs without Travis Kelsey, that that kind of hurts things. And then obviously the center of the, their defense was was out. You know, Chris Jones and then uh, Gene's brother, of course, was was missing as well. But the, it was a competitive game, close game. The biggest note for me, though, was what the heck is going on with the Kansas City Chiefs pass catchers? I just want to call them pass catchers. It, because, it was it was yeah. all that anybody was talking about during the entirety of the game, and I don't know how Patrick Mahomes did not lose his damn mind during that game. I mean, we we saw for the first time in a very long time what this offense needs, and it is Travis Kelsey. If Travis Kelsey is not a part of this offense, it doesn't run. It it is incredibly bad. Sky Moore dropping balls everywhere. Kadarius Tony looked like he might never have played higher than the level of high school, maybe JV football out there with the way that he was running around and dropping everything. I don't think he's maybe never caught a ball in his entire life was what it looked like on Thursday night. Um, you know, you've got MVS with like one long catch, Justin Watson going out there. You got Blake Bell having to contribute in the game as well. It's just a hodgepodge of nothing that's anywhere near NFL caliber level that it feels like right now. And none of them, none of them did well. Everything hit unders. If you bet them, you probably hit them all. Noah Gray was actually outproduced by Blake Bell because he was the one who caught the touchdown as well. You know, the replacement that everybody was trying to pick up in Noah Gray. Hopefully you didn't start him. And, you know, tight end is just its own thing in general, though. So it's probably not too terrible. But man, these pass catchers, if obviously Travis Kelsey is going to be back on the field week two, and now they guaranteed have Chris Jones back on the field week two, I think they took one look at that mess and said, no, we're never doing it again. Yeah, man. This. <laughs> I I think the Chiefs took it a little too far. They're like, oh yeah, you know what? We want a Super Bowl without uh, without Tyreek. We'll we'll be fine without Juju this year. We'll just take a bunch of bodies and we'll be fine. And you know they were still very competitive. They could have won that game. They probably should have won that game. But I, first of all, we we said this all off season. I do not want any of these pass catchers other than Travis Kelsey. And that statement stands especially now. We had five targets for Kadarius Tony with one catch and one yard. You had three targets for Sky Moore. Everyone's, you know, hype up darling that everyone thought he was finally going to have his chance to shine. If you couldn't do it without Travis Kelsey on the field, I don't think that that's going to all of a sudden change with him on the field. So I just th those two didn't give me a lot of hope. Rasheed Rice, at least, you know, he he got some targets. I think he had three catches. He did score a touchdown, but it wasn't like he stood out as a guy that's just going to be taking over the, the wide receiver one role on this team. I think MVS was probably the best wide receiver on this team, but truly the best pass catchers were Blake Bell and, and Noah Gray. I, I know Mahomes likes to distribute the ball and, and he does a, a heck of a job of doing it, but I don't want any of these guys. If I have any of them, I'm trading him away. I, I just, I just don't even want him on my roster. I, I've never been into Kadarius Tony. Never could buy into that whole, you know, him against the, you know, him against the, uh, the Cowboys games. Just all of a sudden, vaulting him into being worth a first. Like I just couldn't, couldn't see it. Still don't see it. What are you doing with these guys if you have them? Uh, 
obviously you probably can't sell them really right now, unfortunately. Yeah. So you're probably just stuck holding them unless you're just selling for like bottom of the barrel thirds or fourths. And you're probably even lucky to get that right now. Um, Sky Moore is probably the only one that actually retains any value in my opinion, just because he's still, you know, kind of coming up a little bit. And I, th- I think he, if, if I own one, that's the only one that I'd want to own though in lineup leagues, best ball, I'll hold on to MVS. I'll hold on to the tight ends, but even in best ball, if I can get off Kadarius Tony for anything worthwhile, I'd probably do that too. Um, that this team needs Travis Kelsey back and it's going to go right back to being funneled through Travis Kelsey. And then it's going to be two targets to every other piece that we saw. What was that? I think it was nine targets or 12 targets, 12 different targets throughout the entirety of the offense in that game. Um, it, it was just passed around to everybody. Everybody was getting their shot to drop the ball and everybody did. So, you know, like n- none of them are actually going to be any good for fantasy. No one's going to step up. We tried to play this game every year of which wide receiver for the chiefs is actually to step up and be the one the answer is none of them do any of these guys actually get to 600 yards over the entirety of the year yeah mm. one yeah i want to 600 yards is a low bar like i think i think one of them will I, i'm gonna go with mvs mvs maybe will we'll hit 600 <laughs> but yeah like I, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a long shot for sure he did hit 687 yards last year, See, so maybe we maybe we get one. We get MVS. So MVS is the only one that's even yeah. worthwhile. I mean, it's 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 awful. So I, I guess from from this discussion, we've we've already established that I think that we don't want any of these guys. If I yeah. maybe I could maybe see myself sending out a low ball Sky Moore offer. That's the only thing I could potentially do, and it's probably not in lineup if it is. Beyond yeah. that, though, this team, this team, the conversation around it is they need a wide receiver. Does the Kansas do the Kansas City Chiefs trade for Devontae Adams or Mike Evans before the week seven to eight trade deadline? Uh, no. Yep. Nope. Both those teams are one and zero right now. They got no need. So at this point, uh, I think they're both of those teams are going to ride it out in in their division and see what happens. And uh, the Chiefs are going to just kind of be left uh, like hanging so I, they'll be fine Patrick Mahomes is very good Travis Kelsey's very good like they'll figure it out they'll win like they they probably should have won that game on Thursday night so not overly concerned but uh but yeah I, I don't want to start any of those guys absolutely with you maybe I'd hold Rasheed Rice that'd be about the only one for you know he can be my sky more next year where I just hope that he takes over that 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 role but uh yeah man let's uh let's jump into another big thing that kind of stood out here Kyron Williams, running back one for the the LA Rams for you? I think in terms of fantasy points over the rest of the year, he's probably going to be the RB1 for this team. The the Acres line was like 19 for 21 carries. I'll pull that one up. Or 19 so, carries for 21 yards or something like that. It was god awful. 22 for 24, I think is what I was like. Here's the snap breakdown for you. So Kyron Williams outsnapped Cam Akers 53 to 28. Kyron actually had 29 routes run in this offense to Cam Akers four, and then they did get he did get out touched by Cam 22 to 15, but uh, Kyron did get two targets. So the running backs in this game did get work. Uh, there's no doubt about it, but I believe it was only 24 yards for for Cam 22, 22 carries for 29 yards and a touchdown. 29. Ah, that touchdown saved it all for him. Compared to Kyron Williams, 15 carries for 52 yards and two touchdowns. This is this is going to turn like Akers will still be slammed up the gut, but Kyron Williams is the one that I mean, honestly, like straight up Akers or Kyron Williams at this point. That's honestly 
might be a question worth having. I know he was a big one that you talked about last week, Kyron, uh, you know, of a, you know, waiver wire ad or a guy you should be targeting just because he was going to have a role in this offense. And obviously we saw uh, everyone's, you know, Debbie darling, Zach Evans uh, be, be inactive for this game. Um, you know, I think I'm going to go out and like and try and acquire some Kyron. I, I know it's going to be kind of tough to do based on on what we're just talking about right now, but of the two, I think you can probably get Kyron for cheaper than Cam Akers just because of Cam Akers' name value. Like, you're not giving. Do you have to give up a second to get Kyron right now? I think if you're just giving up a straight pick, I don't think you're buying him for thirds. I, honestly, I think if you want Kyron, you do the reverse of the. You, the normal like Scott Connor method, you do the reverse of it. You're like, hey, take this like Dion Jackson in a third, and I'll take Kyron Williams. Like that's the type okay. of move yep. that you have to do to actually go get Kyron if you want him. Give them the leverage and the pick. Yeah, yeah you, you give them the you give them the leverage, and you take you you take the shot on Kyron actually being the the better guy to own here in this backfield. Yep. No, I'm I'm absolutely with you, and I, I just want to since we're on this team, I want to bring up. Uh, do you want to bring him up now? Go for it. Yeah, we got to bring it. We got to bring up the uh, the new Cooper uh, Cup. Yeah, man. Like I, I was just looking at some of the, the snap breakdowns. I'm like, might as well just talk about some Puka Nakua right now. And I know D bros out there just just cheering and levitating. And, and absolutely levitating right now for some Puka Nakua. And rightfully so. I mean, the, the dude tied for team high on routes run 35 across the board, which is very interesting. 35 routes run for Tutu, Van Jefferson and Puka Nakua. But he out targeted everybody. He had 15 targets. He absolutely crushed this week. Um, I believe he had 11 receptions, 119 yards. And so, you know, he showed out. Tutu also had 119 yards in this offense. And then Van Jefferson, you know, took his five targets and did what Van Jefferson does, which is little to nothing. Uh, but hey, you know, overall, this team utilizes one to two wide receivers. So, over the next few weeks, how good do you think Puka Nakua is going to be? I don't think this is sustainable. Let's 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 at least put that out there first. I don't think the fifteen target total is sustainable. However, is ten targets sustainable? It definitely is for Puka Nakua. He's going to be the first read. Look, he is literally Cooper Cup right now for this offense. Until Cooper Cup comes back, Puka Nakua is serving as the Cooper Cup for Matthew Stafford right now. And I, I will buy. I will buy into that role. I, if I have a, if I have any Pukunakua right now, I'm not the one going out there and saying like, let me sell for two thirds. I'm not doing it. I'll let it ride because I know that I at least have this role projected for four weeks, and I will let that hype build and build until until I know the Cooper Cup is coming back. And then even then, I mean, you know, Cooper Cup's on the wrong side of thirty, already dealing with the hamstring. Like I might just be riding out this Pukunakua and trying to buy in right now. Almost kind of like we were doing with Kyron. We were just talking about a little bit of a reverse yeah. reverse leverage deal to try to get me some Puka. I'll I'll throw some I'll throw some offers out there to try to acquire some because I certainly don't have enough for what we just saw on the field. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely agree. I mean, I think that's the big thing, right? Like for what people ha- the, the current Puka Nakua managers, they all got him for probably a fourth. Maybe they spent a late third on him. But but again, very low capital is what they invested. And they've already smash that return right like you get a week like that in best ball like he cracks your lineup obviously you did not start him if anyone was starting puka nakua you didn't have the best roster construction for your room or you're in like a start 
I don't know, 13 maybe, and you're just like, yeah, let me throw some puka out there. Or you had some true conviction, <laughs> like good for you. But from this point forward, he's on the radar, right? Like you want to, I don't know how you, you can bench him right now. Like he's probably going to get double digit targets. It may not be 15, but he's probably going to get 10. Like that seems like it's a fair number over the next few weeks until Cooper Cup is back. Like it's going to be very close to 10 if it's not 10. And they so do have 49ers defense next week. So I, I see it coming maybe, down maybe a little so. bit because that's that's a damn good defense. But after that, the Bengals, the Colts, the Eagles, the Cardinals, like yeah, uh, fire me up some book. I, I, I ain't benching him e- even next week against the 49ers. Um, as long as I'm in like a start 10, he's probably hitting the lineup in a flex. OK. Yep. No, I'm with you right there. So then in terms of buying, like what you mentioned, you know, again, giving up the leverage or giving the leverage to uh, to them. What exactly is a trade that you have in mind that you'd be like, yeah, I'd give up this player. And a third for Puka. Tyler Boyd in third. Think you can get that done right now. You think you probably think not. Maybe, maybe not. There's probably a little bit too much hype built around Puka and people know what Tyler Boyd is. So it's, it's going to be a difficult deal to do. I think you can send out seconds and get him, And I think that's probably going to be about the only way if you're staying within wide receiver that you're going to be able to do it. Maybe if you down tier out of um, outside of somebody, but I, I don't know if I'm that convicted to be down tiering outside of like a Christian Kirk or something and down tiering to a Puka. That seems like risky, risky business for me, but I I think you're sending seconds or you're not getting them right now. So like he's one that I'd try to maneuver that flat tier with. Like he's one like I could probably get thrown in. Like if I wanted to give up a T Higgins, a Jalen Waddle and kind of maneuver that flat tier a little bit and then try and get Puka as a, as my, my add in piece that my, my leverage piece. Cause I do think that the hype is just so real for him right now. People have hyped him up prior to the season starting and now we saw what he could do and, and, you know, he's flash. So like, that's kind of the, the man- maneuver I would probably make um, first is, is to try and, you know, can I move, can I move off of, you know, uh, can I move off of a Drake London tier? Da- yeah, it would be a tier down, I guess, from Drake London, because based on what we've seen, but maybe grab Puka and <sighs> trying to think of someone that's like, j- like a Jerry Judy who's hurt. Like, could I, could I potentially do something like that? Could I move off of, uh, you know, man like it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one like could i move off of like a, a t higgins into a zay flowers and a puka nakua like would would people actually be interested in doing that because i think that he's going to sustain a role beyond cooper cup and i think that's going to be the big thing is can he be robert woods for this offense back in the golf days like again yeah. a, a, a solid target option number two or for this team He's obviously he's definitely going to be the two. Uh, obviously, they're playing the same role right now, but I don't see how you can get him off the field with what he's shown. And hopefully, you know he's not like last year's Greg Dortch or something, where the the other players come back and he just <laughs> fades off in in the dust. Uh, but I, he he has a better skill and refinement from what everybody said coming out of BYU than than you know like a Greg Dortch does. He just flashes for a couple of weeks. Um, it's it's going to be difficult to do, but I, I'd be out there trying to buy some. So then let's let's move on here again. We said rapid fire, but we have not rapid fired much at all. Um, <laughs> and, and we still have some topics to get in through. I think we'll, we'll burn through a few of these. But uh, let's start with the Dolphins, man. Tua. They're very is, good. Is he a top five quarterback for you? 
He's not a top five because he doesn't run, and I don't expect him to throw for over 400 yards a game. Um, I expect Brandon Staley has one of the worst defenses, even though he's a worst. He's a defensive head coach. He has significantly <laughs> one of the worst defenses in the league every single year because he. I don't think he's a good head coach. Justin Herbert was smarter than him, and he actually gave up three points at the end of the half And because Justin Herbert is a smarter NFL football mind than his head coach, which is sad. Uh, but no, I, I don't have Tua up at that. Do so I think he's uh, Tua or Justin Fields? I could have that conversation. Um, I would potentially be moving out of my Justin eight. Fields for a two. Yeah, I think he's I think he's in that range. Two or Deshaun Watson. I think that's a I think that's a nice pivot off. I could see him jumping him. So like, can he can he sit right there with Trevor Lawrence? I think he can sit right there with Trevor Lawrence. But I'm not going out of this week and just because they played one of the worst defenses in the league with the defensive head coach. Um, no, I'm not I'm not throwing him up to that range yet. So we we did this last year when when Tua played the Ravens. And yes. he smashed in the second half, similar stat line, almost 500 yards. I think it was four touchdowns, very similar stat line. And everyone was just like, oh, yeah, two is the guy, two is the guy. And then the concussions happened. How concerned are you about concussions still? Honestly, they don't factor into much of my... I'll, I'll take the risk with him. Like if I, if I can actually, if, if there's anybody that's still worried about it, one, they probably don't have him on their roster anymore. If they've been, you know, holding him throughout all of this, you're probably not buying from anybody who has that concern baked in. But if it was there, I personally, while, while I understand the risk, I think he's a good enough player for me to not pay much attention to it. And if it happens, it happens, you know, I, 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 can play a little bit more risky at the quarterback position than a lot of other people do not buying into the top elite quarterback assets all the time. And, you know, playing a little bit more in that quarterback two range. I think we just played the position a little bit differently, but yeah, it's, I don't have too much concern with it, even though it, it is, it is a concern, but I'll put it to the side. Yeah. I think the, the production, the weapons that he's throwing to the offense that he's in and that he's a part of, um, I'm willing to let it ride this year. You know, I, I obviously I'm taking that risk on this year because I want to see what happens with the concussions. I want to see what happens with the contract, those types of things. And then I'll explore, you know, potentially moving him or making some sort of, you know, dynasty moves. But for the most part, all of the two shares that I have are because I got him for very cheap in startups. Um, that's typically where I was able to get him. So my investment is already low enough where if he's going to be able to put up, you know, I, he's obviously not going to do this, but if he can give me some games like that, you know, throughout the season and he can, you know, throw for four touchdown passes, I'm, I'm just head in the sky, man. Like I will be on cloud nine. So I think I'll hold on to my Tua for this year and then kind of assess as we get, you know, as I get through the year and, and look at that specific team. But most likely I, I want to see that contract extension and then I want to try and capitalize on that value. Um, and, and just take that value bump that I get. And like you said, he could very well be a top, you know, in that six to eight range, six to nine range type of quarterback. Maybe he does get into that burrow range as well. If he does get a good contract, like there, there's definitely some upside with the risk there, but I'm willing to take on that risk right now. So yeah, I'd take it. And then we, we have to get just real quick touch about Tyreek 2k. We got, we got to talk about it. Your guy, you've said he's going to do it. You believe fully in Tyreek and his self-belief, and you're you're right there with him saying you're going to do it, Tyreek. So does 
again, does Tyreek hit 2,000 yards this season? He yes, needs, he does. He man. needs 111.5 yards averaged over the rest of the season with what he just put up in week one where he went over 200. He needs 111.5 yards average a game. The dude is just always, if he's healthy, there's no reason that he's not going to crack 2K. Like, there's just no reason he's not going to. I, I I was all for it last year. I thought it was going to happen. Obviously, tumultuous quarterback situation going on there. Um, but if, if Tua is healthy and Tyreek is healthy, that man is crushing 2,000 yards. That man is going to be the single season record holder in the NFL for receiving yards. Ah. I, I know think, it was I the think he'll break the record. I think he'll break the record. I don't think he hits 2K. Ooh, so you think it'll be close. Okay. All right. I mean, it, it it's a lot. Prove me wrong. It's, yep. it's just a lot to do, and they're not going to play the Brandon Staley defensive head coach every every week. But let's move let's move on from the wide yeah. that wide receiver into another one. The next AJ Brown, the next Stefan Diggs, the next DJ Moore who comes out and dominates with a 5.6% target share in week one. Let's go. Justin Fields taken to another level with a 5.6% target share. Just taking them up in new places that they've never been before, except it's the same place that they were last year. He looked the exact same. Justin Fields looked the exact same with DJ Moore out there. Nothing has changed in my opinion. I don't think they're going to be. I think they have a top five pick. They are bad. That is a bad football team. So this was this was kind of the debate that we talked about going in. And I, I said we weren't going to talk about this today, but, but we are going to. Like Justin Fields, obviously he threw for more, you know, he, he had more passing attempts this game. He had 37 pass attempts in, in, in his first game. So he did throw for over 200 yards. Um, he did also have a really bad interception. He was scrambling for his life most of the game, took some some abusive hits as well, which is, again, part of the concern with Justin Fields. But he did have, you know, nine rushes for 60 yards. Like it wasn't. What's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't good, like at all. It definitely was not good. But for fantasy purposes, it could have been worse. I just don't see it with this offense, man. And we just keep talking about it over and over and over again. But like DJ Moore is not going to be anything more than what he has been in years past. And this is it. Like this was just just the proof, right? Like you got week one two targets and it's, I mean, it's it is what it is it's not great and justin fields ended up the day pretty good but it was a garbage time you know come back to get to over 150 yards again like he he cracked the 200 mark but it was another garbage time come back to get it to get him to there uh he, he did throw the ball multiple times you know he threw the ball a good amount of times today which are on sunday which was nice to see but he just looks lost back there, man. Like the game moves too fast for him. He's maybe it's the offensive line and he can't stand and sit in the clean pocket like he was doing in college every single game because he was playing at Ohio State. And that's kind of the thing that we see with a lot of these guys coming out of there is just you're throwing to the best wide receivers and you have one of the best offensive lines of the country. He has none of that. And DJ Moore, I'm sorry, he's just not AJ Brown. He's not Stefan Diggs. Maybe they figure it out. I think it gets better, obviously, than what it was this yeah. last week. But it's not the saving grace that they were looking for. I think this is still a bottom five team. Yeah, that puts them right in prime spot for quarterback range. So we'll we'll see how that kind of plays out going forward here. Don't want to dive too much into it because we'll have plenty of Justin Fields talk. Um, I, actually, one question for you. I mean, I, 
are you we've already talked at length about what we're doing with with justin fields if you have questions about that one check out the last episode where we had ray on we did talk about what our justin fields pivots would be but are you doing anything with dj Moore? can you do anything with him after that week are you are you potentially trying to buy low i thought i had already sold off all of them um unfortunately i found a straggler that i you know let get through the weeds throughout the off season i thought i had gotten rid of everything because i thought that this would kind of be the scenario outcome that we were looking at he wasn't going to be a top 24 wide receiver so i thought i had gotten rid of all of them if somebody wants to come and pay me a first for dj Moore, i'll take it like uh, i'm just out out all right take that first and run so then let's move into another wide receiver who people were selling off like crazy and uh he, calvin ridley has shown out this offseason he he looked great in camp looked great in the preseason and week one he comes out with a 35 percent target share 49 percent air yard share and then he got 50 percent of the red zone targets as well like that man and he i think he had eight catches 101 yards and a tutty like he showed up he showed out he did his thing Calvin Ridley's back. He's back. Uh, there's there's nothing to really say about it anymore. We I, I had I had my doubts. I I wasn't bought into it. The experiment a little bit maybe because of my bias towards my love of Christian Kirk, who I think is still a very good wide receiver, but got relegated to a role that doesn't look good for the rest of his time in this offense. Because Calvin Ridley's the one. Like there's no question about it. Calvin Ridley's the one for this team. Eleven targets in your first game. I think he had like eight of them in the first half, and then only had three in the second half or something. It was a weird kind of how Trevor Lawrence actually went away from him after the first half and their offense wasn't nearly as good but no he's he's the one there's no question about it he's a he's probably going to be a top 16 ish wide receiver and he's a one for a very good offense i wish i had more calvin ridley it's it's on me for not having more i bought him in rumble just before the start of the season very very happy that i did um i spent a first and a fourth to do it um yeah, very, very happy today to, to have Calvin Ridley on the team. But this is, you know, as much as I'm excited about Calvin Ridley in this offense, um, there is something else that needs to be brought up. And you did say Christian Kirk, a little bit concerned about him right now. And and then the concern is kind of real because he played tw about 20 less snaps. I think it was like 19, but he played about 20 less snaps than Zay Jones. So you had 20 less snaps than, than Zay and Ridley. And then when it comes to the actual routes that he ran, he ran eight less routes than than Zay did as well. So Ridley ran 34, Zay ran 32, Ingram ran 31, and Kirk ran 24. How can, I mean, as a Kirk guy, are you panicked? He's still a very good wide receiver, but for fantasy purposes, I'm panicked. Um, he's he's a slot wide receiver. He do, He's not going to play in anything but 11 personnel whenever they're three wide and he's going to play on the inside. It eliminates air yards. It eliminates red zone. It eliminates a lot of things that are trying going to be able to pump you up whenever you're probably not getting as many targets because you're not on the field as much. Um, when it, Whenever they're too wide, it's Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley. Christian Kirk is gone and off the field unless they change something up where but Zay Jones still looked good in this game too. Had a fantastic yeah. end zone catch where he was able to get a knee down in the back of the end zone or on the side of the end zone. I mean, this team looks good. It's got pieces all over. Christian Kirk's a very integral part of the team still. However, for fantasy purposes, yeah, I'm I'm a little bit scared. I I would be trying to pivot off and move up and tear up if I can. Yeah, I think uh I think Kirk I'm not fully 
panicked on him, but I am shopping him. Like I'd, I'd be very interested in shopping him around to, to find some Kirk fans and Kirk lovers to see really where they're at. Um, because yeah, man, like it, it is going to be concerning. I think the issue is like in lineup leagues, it's going to be tough to figure out when to start Christian Kirk. He's going to have some good games, no doubt about it. In best ball, like he's still going to be a good asset to have, but his upside is is definitely capped. Uh, Zay Jones is very good. Like it, when it comes right down to it, for what this offense needs, for for the role that 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 you know number two wide receiver is, Zay fits it perfectly. Um, he can stretch the field as well, which is another huge plus with what he likes to do. So, yeah, man, I'm I'm, I'm definitely concerned about him. Um, are you looking at Zay though as a buy right now because of of this same situation, or are you kind of just the same kind of thing as Kirk? Like Kirk and Zay could could basically flip flop week in and week out, and you're never think- going to know who to start. Yeah, I think those two could be a little bit more flip flop. If you could still send out that, that like third price for Zay Jones in best ball leagues, I think that's definitely something I'm looking to do. A couple of other guys that you know I'm I'm looking to probably throw some thirds out for that had some high target shares this week. So um, I, th- I think he kind of fits that build, but he he is what he is though. There's no upside mm-hmm. that's remaining with Zay Jones. I don't think I'm ever paying seconds or anything more than that. So. Yeah, I'll throw some offers out. Do I expect to get any of them done, though? No, not coming off of this game. Yeah, I think, you know, in best ball, he's a guy I'd be more interested in. I think he'd be a guy that I'd target as, you know, a piece as part of a larger a larger package. Like if you make Zay the, the centerpiece of the deal, people are going to want seconds for him. And I feel like that's just not what I'm willing to pay. I think if you put him in a deal um, where where it's like a, you know, a three for three type deal or a two for three type deal and he's that, that third piece like yeah, like that's how I'm trying to acquire him. Um, and you can kind of figure out those those types of situations for your team, you know, for you listening out there, like just figure those types of things out uh, as far as, uh, you know, a two for one that might work or a one for two where you can get that additional piece. But it's primarily best ball. I, I don't really want to have to start Zay. I don't want to have to start Christian Kirk. Um, but hey, you know, it was a, a fun offense, fun seeing Calvin Ridley back on the field. Very happy he's back in the NFL. Um, and, and we get to see, you know, how exciting he can be as a wide receiver one on a team. Yeah, it's going to be a very, it's going to be a very fun offense to watch. Uh, unfortunately, I think, like we said, it's, this is Calvin Ridley's team. Yep. He's, he's going to own it. And the, the other two are just kind of along for the ride and they'll have some weeks, but it's, it's Calvin Ridley season. Speaking of, uh, you know, a season that, that I didn't, I, you know, expect at all. Two old men out here doing their thing. Um, I know I know tight end was a very abysmal week one. I don't think there was a single tight end that had over 60 yards. I, I, I believe there was no tight ends over 60 yards receiving this this week. So wild week. But on that note, we did have two tight end ones of old man Ertz and uh, Mr. Logan Thomas. They were playing against each other too. It was the game of the old crusty tight end. It was <laughs> it was kind of fun to see these guys back. Uh, two guys have been written off basically, and easily you're buying these guys for thirds all across the board all off season. Um, if if you're in some of those best ball tight end premium leagues, that honestly, two guys that I'm kind of looking to looking to buy. The the crazy one for me is Zach Ertz has ten targets, six catches for twenty one yards. That that beautiful. <laughs> 
average catch yards per catch right there that's insane that you only get 21 yards on six catches and 10 targets but the 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 thing that actually does get a little bit negated from this is the trey mcbride season um you know people were really excited for trey mcbride thinking that zach Ertz was gonna you know start off slow maybe start off on like pup coming back the knee wasn't really ready he's a 32 33 year old guy coming off of a shredded knee and Goes out there and does what Zacharitz does. He just runs to the middle of the field, catches the ball, and falls over. And uh, for this Arizona Cardinals offense, it's going to keep it very close to the line of scrimmage. If you're in a high uh, tight end premium league, freaking Zacharitz might actually be a tight end one this year, which is hard hard to imagine. I mean, the snaps alone just kind of tell me. It's like Zacharitz had 77% of the snap share compared to, to McBride's 37%. Two targets for McBride. He did haul in both of those, but I mean, Ertz was just getting peppered, and I, I know he did not do. I mean, he. It reminds me of like Jason Witten at the end of his career. It's like he would just run out, run out there, do a little curl route, turn around, and then just catch the ball and fall over. Like that's kind of what Zach Ertz was doing uh, in Week One. But hey, you know, coming off the torn ACL. I guess partial tear, whatever ended up actually happening with with his whole situation, but right. coming off of the injury, Dobbs throwing him, you know, passes. When it comes when it comes to the tight end position, they're always that safety valve, and and he's learning the offense. He's going to look to the vet tight end that finds a way to get into open space. May not do a whole lot with him, but in in PPR formats and tight end premiums where you're getting an additional premium for those, uh, Zach Ertz could have a very big year I, I dropped Ertz in in a league and you know after the ACL tear I was like oh that's a wrap for him uh boy do I you know hate that feeling right now but again you can probably get him for a third like if you want to go out and buy him like you could probably go buy him for a third. The, these guys these, we, we've been talking about a bunch of guys who did well here and you're probably not going to be able to buy them like that's the that's know, the kind of crux of that's the crux of fantasy for most of these guys is that you can't buy them off of the good week unless you're doing the overpay which is not recommended ever wait till next week if they come back down if you still believe then buy them these two guys you can send out thirds for them and still get them right now. If you're a contender in best ball, I, I honestly, I don't really like, I don't want them in lineup. They kind of fit into that, like 10 to 12 range tight end for me that like, I don't really want, but we're, we're talking about all these guys, the Chiga Conquos, the Greg Dolchiches of the world before the, before the season. No, nah, let's just go back to the days. Let's go back to the glory days of Logan <laughs> Thomas and Zach Ertz being top 12 quarterbacks this year. I love it. Yeah, tight ends, but same thing. Um, yeah, tight so, ends, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Logan Thomas was a quarterback. He was. He was at one point. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you there. I think those are the ones you can buy. All the other ones that, that perform, it's like you have to make that dynasty discipline decision of are you willing to sell at this point? Um, there are a few rookies we want to wrap up on here. Um, I, I do want to just mention real quick here that that uh, it feels like Antonio Gibson's dead. Um <laughs> Just yeah. want to mention that one again. after his fumble, and then he just was in the doghouse, and and yeah, it sucks. Like I, I'm not dropping him necessarily, but holy crap! Like I just, it's, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. bad streets out there. But yeah, let's get into let's get into some good stuff again. Let's go back into the the rookie wide receiver phenom for the Ravens. Absolutely. So Zay Flowers, wide receiver one for this team, had 45 percent target share, 25 percent of those air yards. Um, 
Lamar did not throw the ball downfield a whole lot in this game. So I think his a dot was one of the lowest in the league at week one. So I think he had like a 5.1. I don't have it with me right now, but um, a dot week one, it was not pretty as far as like throwing downfield and Lamar's, you know, fantasy production also showcased that, but Zay looked freaking good. Yes, he did. Uh, there, there's, no question about it. He he looked like a full on one for this offense. It's not Rashad Bateman, who I think had like a 38% snap share. That's that's long gone and out the window. And that's without Mark Andrews playing tight end on the field as well. This this offense is going to go through. I think Odell will contribute a lot more in this offense than we saw week one. And obviously Mark Andrews has to come back in and he'll probably vulture a good bit of that target share away from Zay Flowers. But man, he he looked like he he looked like probably the, he looked like the best wide receiver, rookie wide receiver of the week. I know Jordan Addison had his streaking touchdown up the middle of the seam, but comparatively to like Quentin Johnson, who barely was on the field during the little bit of absence from Mike Williams and JSN, who was playing with the inept Geno Smith behind quarterback, like man, Zay Flowers is going to have some hype building up here soon. And all, all of those talks about Zay, Zay Flowers being the wide receiver four out of all of these first round rookies. He puts together a couple more of those games, and you're going to see that narrative start to flip pretty quickly to him being the wide receiver one of this class. Yeah, when you look at the snapshot just from the wide receiver perspective, you know, obviously the targets are going to shift with with Mark Andrews coming back. But, you know, Odell and Zay Flowers were both in the 50, uh, 50 snaps. So it's 59 for Odell, 54 for Zay, and then it dropped down to 25 for Rashad Bateman, 24 for Nelson Aguilar. Like it dropped significantly. So like number one and number two on this team are Odell Beckham and Zay Flowers. However you want to look at it. Routes run, same thing. You had 30 for Odell, 28 for Zay Flowers, and then it dropped down to 17 for Rashad Bateman. Um, and then the target share, this will change, but Zay got 10 targets, you know, compared to Rashad's three, Odell's two, that kind of stuff will change. But it's the Hollywood Brown rule, right? It's, it's what Hollywood, they wanted Hollywood to be when when he first became a raven and and he had some flashes as well uh but it seems like zay can do a bit more than hollywood and i feel like this team's gonna be very excited once they get mandrews back unfortunately the running back situation took a, a little bit of a bumpy ride yet again but man i'm all in on zay flowers yeah. like I, I feel like he's put himself into you know, to that tier with with Drake London and and all and and Traylon Burks when it comes to dynasty value, like, and I feel like he could continue to rise if he continues to produce. Yeah, currently the wide receiver twenty on KTC, right behind Devontae Adams. So, I think he can get himself up into that. Like, if he if he continues to do this into that Drake London, Brandon Ayuk, Jordan Addison, Calvin Ridley. Um, coming out as a rookie, I think that I think that he belongs right with all those guys. I think that's kind of that flat tier that we talk about all, all of that range. I think he's he's I, I don't like to put rookies up there that quickly. I, I don't want to be the overreaction, you know, guy and <laughs> throw him up there that quickly yet, you know, but it, it looks really, really good for him. And obviously, you know, we talked about the J.K. Dobbins injury should just mean that this offense has to throw the ball more. Because uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be rough in the streets with Melvin Gordon and Justice Hill and Gus Edwards being the only running backs back there because they're not adding anybody. Like if you think that there's going to be a Kareem Hunt or a Leonard Fournette, they've already come out and said that they're not adding anybody. Melvin Gordon's gonna be called up from the practice squad, and then they're gonna get some other. They're gonna bring back Tyson Williams or something from a practice squad to go onto theirs. Um, that's. That's all. We're, that's all we're gonna have, and we'll see if the Baltimore Ravens can piece it together the rest of the way for 17 more weeks. 
Yeah, man. So let's uh, let's dive into the the next big thing that was kind of noticeable this weekend was uh, Tajay Spears and Derrick Henry splits. And obviously, Derrick Henry looked very good. He had his moments where he, you know, broke off a nice, uh, nice pass, a couple runs as well. But he had a nice pass. I think he took for almost 50 yards. So when it came down to it, Tajay Spears outsnapped Derrick Henry 34 to 30. But the uh, carries and targets, it was 15 carries for Derrick, three for Tajay, four targets for Tajay, though to Derrick Henry's two. I believe Tajay was in on every third down, I believe is what it was. Um, so they definitely utilized Tajay Spears. So are you concerned about this usage for Derrick Henry? And what are your thoughts on Tajay Spears as a fantasy asset? Absolutely love Tajay Spears as the fantasy asset. He's probably the most high leveraged handcuff in all of fantasy football right now. Um, but Derrick Henry is more where I want to go with this one. And this is kind of what I thought was going to happen with Derrick Henry. We were, I didn't think we were going to get that 320 touch workload just on the ground, just rushing him up the gut every single play. Like this is what I kind of figured would happen. He's going to get, he's not going to be that 22 to 25 touch a game guy anymore. He's going to be more in that 17 range. And I think that's kind of just what we saw from this game. Obviously the, the, uh, the saints have a very good defense, so they're going to be a little bit tougher to run against. And that might've contributed a little bit to the game plan, but I don't think he's going to be in on third down anymore. Like he's going to be in on first and second. He'll get his, you know, kind of like we saw this game two targets maybe he can do something with him obviously he's still you know he, like we said he broke off like a 50 plus yarder and looked incredibly good on it but he's going to have his work he's going to have his touches limited he they understand the asset that they have there's rumors about him being shopped still to this day that are floating around out there so maybe they're trying to keep him a little bit healthy if they do plan to sell off i personally don't think that's the outcome i think they should like this team wants to contend every single year. And unless they're all the way out of it, I don't think they start the sell off, but it looks like this is going to be Derek Henry's role. I think he's still a very, very good running back, but he doesn't, I don't know if he has that RB one upside anymore. If he's not getting that 22 to 25 touch workload a game, can he do it on efficiency? Yes, but it's going to be a lot harder than it was in the past. Yeah, I mean, he's still getting close to he got close to 20. Um, and that's kind of where, you know, I'd love to see him at that 20 total uh, touches in, in some way, shape or form. If he can get more, obviously wonderful. Um, it wasn't like Tajay dipped into the workload. I think they just want to get, you know, Derrick Henry off the field on snaps that they just don't, you know, really need to utilize him on. And and yes, third down, it was it's great to see Derrick Henry get an extra, you know, reception or two that he can, you know, rumble and stumble for for 12 to 18 yards or even break one off to the house like that's all very possible for derrick henry so those those kinds of touches are 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 probably out the window on third downs but they've been trying to find a third down back with derrick henry for years and it just they've had a couple guys you know thought it might have been hassan haskins they, they they've tried to bring in bodies and it just hasn't panned out so they just ride derrick henry Tajay fits the bill. He's he's done well. He's looked good. He's looked electric, and they're going to keep him on the field. And so you know that's just the way the NFL has moved. Um, if if Tajay starts taking workload from him as far as those carries and touches, then yes, I will start to to have have worry. But I think Derrick Henry still can be a you know an RB one. He's going to need touchdowns though. He's going to need to score. And and I think that's going to be the big big issue with this offense as a whole is. What does that look like? So, um, it's Ryan Tannehill looks god awful. 
Like, I, he, looked, he looked cooked. He, he looked like cooked. one of the worst quarterbacks in the in the league on Sunday. It was Man. it was bad. It was bad showing. I I don't think that's representative. Again, good good Saints D, but man, it was it was rough for Ryan Tannehill on Sunday. Some of those passes just coming off of his hand reminded me of Peyton Manning, like when he was winding down the career, just kind of just throwing up ducks, and I'm just like, where is that ball going? Like, how did that get to the receiver? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, Ty, do you have any standalone value if Derrick Henry is still playing, though? Like, like, I, just, I don't know if he's ever getting to a starter for me. No, I'm not going to start him in a lineup league. Like, I, I want him in Dynasty. I want to. I want to have him on the roster. I want to stash him. All, all good for that. Best ball, same situation. Like, there might be a game or two that Tajay kind of breaks one off, but you're not starting him in a lineup. No yep. shot. Same thoughts. So, so let's uh, wrap up last couple thoughts here. So I want to just touch on, on Roshan real fast, just because it feels like people are, are massively overreacting to this. Is he the RB1 on the Chicago Bears? Um, one, the RB1 for the Chicago Bears doesn't matter because it's Justin Fields. And two, um, it still doesn't matter because it's still going to be a three-headed workload between all of them. But th- the reason that people are saying it is because of the amount of carries that he got. He got a lot of it during garbage time. Do I think that Roshan can actually, like, in, in all serious talk, can he be the RB1 for this team? Yes. Like, he he can actually take yeah. over that role. But it's it's still going to be a 1A, 1B. Khalil Herbert isn't coming off the field. I think Deonta Foreman he could overtake and kind of relegate to, you know, a, a distant third. But he's still going to be in, in this backfield. It, what, what's the what's the path for him to ever get to actual like fantasy relevance? He has to get like 10 plus carries a game, which isn't going to happen. That's still Khalil Herbert's role. Can he be a third down back? I think he can be. And I think he's going to step into that role sooner rather than later. But w- what is it worth in this offense, man? It's just I, I, I never want to start him still. Like, I, I don't know what Roshan even becoming a 1A or a 1B in this offense actually does for him. Yeah, like when you look at the snaps, it was 29 for Roshan, 27 for Khalil, 21 for, for Donta. Target-wise, it was 7 for Roshan, 4 for Khalil, 3 for Donta. Then it was 5 carries for Roshan, 9 for Khalil, and 5 for Donta. So it was like very well distributed, but I know a lot of Roshan's work came late in the game when basically the game has been decided. Um, so it felt like they were kind of putting him out there. I'm with you, though. I do think that he can take over that role in this offense. Um, you know, he did end up with six catches and 35 yards. So, you know, in a PPR format, like, yeah, you just got six free points there, right? Like that feels that feels really good. Um, it's a matter of do you want to start him? Like, do you really want to have to to start him? He he did, you know, fall into the end zone as well with with one of his carries. So I just don't I, I don't want to start any of these guys. Like you said, this situation until it truly pans itself out of all of them. Yes, I would love to to have a Roshan Johnson on my roster just because of that potential of him taking over. Like you said, Foreman could get relegated pretty easily. Khalil is going to have a role no matter what, but maybe he can carve out more touches for himself as the year goes on. I, I just uh, don't want to start any of these guys, man. I was saying he could take over the third down role. He's already taken over the third down role. Yeah. He took he took six out of eight total third down snaps, and then in the two minute drill, he took eight of eighteen, eight, eight of eighteen in the two minute drill as well. Um, and the other two took six and four apiece. So he he's already got that role, which is nice. And I agree that you with you that if I have any of them in dynasty, I'd much rather have Roshan over the other two. But Again, what is it? What does it mean? At least in terms of this year, and probably into the next 
couple is it I don't project it to get much better. I, I, I won't Roshan, but again, like some best ball leagues, if he spikes, he spikes kind of like he did this week. I just don't expect this type of performance week in and week out. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. Um, it, he's he's the one I want, I think, of all of those guys. But uh, th- this is just a, a, a no fun situation. So best ball, all for it. So let's wrap out of here. One last thing. Touch on Thursday night one more time. Tell me how good is Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is everything that the Lions wanted DeAndre Swift to be, but he's not good enough to ever be. Uh, he's <laughs> he's so good, man. Um, people, people just complain. I mean, it was bad on Twitter. The amount of hate that David Montgomery got on Twitter. I hope like they won, and I hope D- David Montgomery did not check Twitter because fantasy Twitter was livid that Jameer Gibbs, as good as he looked, wasn't carrying the ball and carrying the rock more than David Montgomery was. And while I agree that he is a much more dynamic playmaker, Dan Campbell's come out and said, hey, man, this is going to be a work in progress. We're going to work him into the field, man. Um, you know, it's 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 going to take some time for Jameer Gibbs. Uh, he's not going to come in there and be the workhorse. He's never going to be a workhorse. What people wanted to see was Jameer Gibbs split out wide and playing the slot over Khalif Raymond. That's what people wanted to see, and that's what we didn't get. Will that day come? I think it could be used that way, but I don't think it's going to be like a permanent role that he's like truly playing a slot receiver role. Um, I I love Jameer Gibbs. He played really well. His role is going to expand. If anybody's worried or panicked about Jameer Gibbs, I'll buy. Please let me buy. (laughs) Is he really worth like RB2 prices? I actually don't think so because I don't think he's ever going to get enough of a touch workload to ever be really worth that. Um, But, but he's a, he's an RB1 uh, easily. Yeah. I want to see, I want to see the passing game increase in some way, shape or form. Two targets just doesn't get me going. Um, I do want to see that workload increase over time. But if anyone watched the game and you just saw how electric he was, that contact balance, his ability to to, to spin the half, like everything about it was just like, this is a special player. Like that is a guy you just get the ball into his hands and just let him do work. Like 21 carries for, for Monty was a lot. Like I, I get it. You know, people wanted to see more than seven out of, uh, out of Gibbs, but Hey, very good showing week one. I think he broke six tackles um, on on his nine total touches, which is awesome. I just I love Jameer Gibbs. I, I hope people are panicking on him so I can go buy him. But most likely that's not the case um, just because of, of, of who who he is. And, and as you mentioned, you know, he's what RB two in Dynasty, maybe RB three. So good luck. Yeah, Brees, Brees Hall after tonight honestly might be getting back up into that RB2 RB2 yeah, range. Man. Two touches for like 105 yards right off the bat. But Jameer Gibbs contact balance is fantastic, but that non-contact balance, man, he's got he's got to work on that one. Whenever he's in the open field and falling down, <laughs> got to work on that one, Jameer. He, he's so good he broke himself off. Like that's that's what happened there. He just just broke his own ankles and you know, cost himself a touchdown, but it was there. Like you can, you saw it. Like he, he saw Walking. it too. Yeah. Walking. Oh yeah. He was like, he, he just hit that straight to the sideline horizontal. And then he was like, going to just angle himself right to the pylon. Just everyone Puts saw it happening. Yep. Everyone saw it. But yes, this was long. This was a long reaction overreaction from week one. There was just so much happening, so much going on. 
Uh, we wanted to make sure we touched on as much as we could. I'm sure we missed some things, but you know, hit us up on, on in Discord. Let us know what, what what we missed, what we needed, what you want to see next week. But uh, yeah, man, this was a fun, fun, fun episode. Um, in case you did not know, Destination Devi has partnered with Underdog for the upcoming season. So make sure you do use promo code TFDR at sign up. And you will get up to a $100 deposit match on your first deposit. If you do deposit $10 or more, you will get one year access to the Destination Devi Discord. So make sure you do use code TFDR. Got to be part of the community. Patreon.com forward slash all gas to check us out. Um, that is for now. More announcements to come in the coming days here. So definitely uh, big week. your ears out for that big week on the destination Debbie radio feed it's gonna be it, it's it's so fun that this is finally here bring in the, obviously you've heard you've heard all of the shows that are coming on with all the shows that are dropping on the feed there's a lot of other stuff behind the scenes that will be dropping as soon as well but yeah for the underdog we're out of draft season we're in over under season i actually hit my yep. first prize picks slip as well that's pretty nice but they don't have nearly as good of deals as underdog does that's where i'm trying to play all of my over unders and parlays for the rest of the season because i can actually do that in texas and i can't bet on normal <laughs> games in texas it's unfortunate <laughs> There you go. So yes, uh, make sure you do check it out. Um, again, listen to, make sure you, you tune in to Wake Up on Friday. Going to be a big show. Check out everything here on the Destination Devi radio feed. So much content coming out. So many great things to, to help you win your fantasy leagues. And then if you are in the Heisman tier, you have uh, you know unlimited access to, to Scott, to Ray, to, to Cody and I, to Gene, Ike, Jordan Backus, anyone and everyone that that has anything to do with destination devi is in there i5 over there now as well yep going to be able to have shay uh, you know shane and clay um just huge things this season so tune in check it out make sure you're part of that discord and thank you so much for joining us here on the overreaction podcast